0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HBR Minute HCI podcast episode, I explore the recent HBR video, How to Stop Promoting Incompetent Men. Welcome back to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. It's great to be with you again today for this HBR Minute HCI podcast episode. Today I'll be exploring the recent HBR video, How to Stop Promoting Incompetent Men. Are there fewer women in management because we can't discern between confidence and competence? The popular explanations range from women just aren't capable of being leaders to women just don't want to be leaders. However, one author suggests The absence of women in leadership roles has less to do with women themselves and more to do with how we interpret leadership traits. Confidence, a trait more associated with men, is often misinterpreted as competence. As a result, charismatic but incompetent men have fewer barriers to reach the top than women. Individuals in positions to promote and hire managers should think more critically about what seems like a leadership trait versus what is an actual leadership trait they will find that arrogance and overconfidence, the characteristics that get men into management positions, are also the characteristics that cause poor performance. Thanks for joining me, and I'll catch you on the flip side of this first clip.
1: I think there's no question that we are still promoting at least as many incompetent men as we were when I wrote the original article, Why Do So Many Incompetent Men Become Leaders? grateful to incompetent men who keep succeeding because every time that uh, somebody that is perceived as incompetent or not very competent gets elected or wins an executive uh, position in a company, the article then goes back to number one. If you seem aggressive, very assertive, bold, abrasive, overconfident, there's a strong probability that people attribute competence to you, especially if you're a man. I think there is clearly a disconnect between the attributes that seduce us in a leader, things like confidence, charisma, even narcissism and greed, and those that are needed to be an effective leader.
0: Nothing gets to me more. When seemingly incompetent people get promoted uh, continuously throughout an organization. And why do they get promoted? Well, clearly, they've been able to convince people uh, who are higher up in the hierarchy that they are competent the question then becomes well how are they able to pull the wool over their eyes how are they able to convince them of their conf- their competence when they really don't have it when their their skill level their their capabilities and their competencies don't really match up with what they need to be able to do to be effective in the job and what he shares i think is really important and that is we have this this old fashioned notion of what it means to be a good leader and with that comes confidence and arrogance and Uh, self-centeredness and narcissism even. And many people see those characteristics in fact as uh, the characteristics of an effective leader when there's actually no connection between those and they can actually be detrimental. They usually are detrimental to the effective uh, running of an organization. So we want competence. We want capabilities. We want people uh, who can do the job And I think everyone within an organization would say that and set aside nepotism and and blatant nepotism, blatant um, favoritism that sometimes happens. I think most people have good intentions and they want to promote people who are capable. Why wouldn't I? If if I'm uh, a VP over an area, why would I want to hire someone into a senior administrative position uh, when they're not any good? It makes my job harder. The reality is we get snowed. We get the wool pulled over our eyes and we get tricked into thinking people are competent when they're not. And so this problem perpetuates itself. Uh, Add to that, that once someone starts to move up a hierarchy uh, because of the way they've led, they they start to see that as as, uh, evidence of their success. Clearly they were promoted because they are a good leader, because they Uh, Show that confidence because of uh, of that arrogance because of that narcissism and so they start to think well Yeah, if if that's how I was successful, that's how other people will be successful So they want to choose other people who are like them and it just continues it perpetuates itself now Certainly there can be women who are also incompetent who get promoted Um, It it, you know, there's no race or gender uh, differential in terms of incompetence but the reality is that there are certain masculine traits that can mask the ability, mask the competence that we may have, make it look like we're competent when we're not. And that's really at issue here. And when you look at gender different, gendered differences, when you look at um, kind of the cultural norms often associated with these gendered differences, then we start to see that some of the common traits that are more feminine, more uh, associated with uh, females, they tend to be the ones that are considered softer, weaker, uh, not as capable, when in reality the research shows that those characteristics are far more important in effectively leading an organization. So he's going to explain some more of this as we go throughout this video and we dissect it a little bit. But really, we need to get this right. Not only is it an issue for gender parity in the workplace in terms of uh, having female executives and female leaders uh, throughout organizations and other er- other issues related to gender and racial parity but goodness why do we want so many incompetent people within organizations on a continual basis we can fix it
1: So the data are pretty consistent here. Women outperform men in measures of leadership, self-awareness, humility, emotional intelligence, agreeableness, coachability, connecting with others, mentoring others, managing others, and KPIs like revenues and profits. That's not to say that there aren't any men who may display more empathy and coachability than women. Sure, some women are taller than some men, but on average, men are taller than women. And on average, men lead in a more absentee way, are more hands-off and more centred on themselves. And women tend to be more centred on their teams and subordinates. So on average, women display these better leadership traits more often.
0: So again, the data is pretty darn clear. There's been lots of research on this. I've done some of this research myself, that women, on average, in the aggregate, they tend to have uh, higher levels, uh, reported levels in these various important leadership ca- uh, characteristics and capabilities that lead to actual organizational success. Not perceived success as a leader because of machismo, because of uh, because of overconfidence uh, and asserting yourself more strongly, uh, trying to make other people think that you know what you're doing or think that you are on top of things. Setting the facade aside for a moment and just looking at actual accomplishments, actual productivity, actual key leadership characteristics and traits that people agree are important, women tend on average to rate higher than men. Like he said, that doesn't mean that there can't be men that are amazing uh, with these traits. Obviously, that's not the case. And all of these gendered kind of comments and gendered characteristics, uh, I just want to acknowledge that clearly. Um, we can't paint with a you know broad brushstrokes. We can't. Uh, th- these are stereotypes, and obviously they don't universally apply across the board to all individuals in these different groups. But on, in the aggregate, we we know that. Uh, that women tend to uh, score higher on these different attributes and these different characteristics and even these organizational outcomes. So again, why, if that is the case, why do women have such a hard time moving up the ranks of organizations? Why do they have such a hard time getting promoted? Why do we continually see incompetent men move past very capable and competent women who are just as skilled uh, just as capable, same types of experience. The women should be the ones getting the jobs because of their background, their skills, their experience, their education, their competencies and capabilities, yet they get passed over for incompetent men. I mean, that's that's a huge question. It's a huge problem and we need to be able to address it. Now, is everyone just blatantly sexist? Well, no. Uh, I, I think most people, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt and I think most people don't walk around trying to think about how they can screw over uh, one group of people over another, but it's embedded into our systems. It's embedded into how we have functioned as organizations, as leaders and managers for generations. It's patriarchy. And so of course, it's going to perpetuate itself if we don't actively try to disrupt it.
1: Women um, ought not to change their behaviors in order to become leaders. The world has no shortage of people who lean in when they don't have the talents to back it up. In fact, if you're really busy doing your work, managing your team, and uh, delivering results, you probably don't have time to blow your own trumpet and lean in. Having said that, women do face a kind of double-blind dilemma. We complain about them when they don't lean in because they don't behave like overconfident men. And when they do, we also complain because they seem pathologically ambitious and we're scared of
0: that. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, In this clip, he really does get down to and boil it down to some of the more sexist types of responses that people have as they think about women as leaders. And it really is a tightrope that women often have to walk uh, to be able to not be seen as overly assertive, overly confident, uh, overly ambitious. Uh, They need to be seen and perceived as adequately submissive even. Again, what a sexist thing to even say. Um, but but that's the reality that so many women face in the workplace. And so, even though they rate higher uh, on all these different characteristics, so many women in the aggregate uh, have have these capabilities, the the empathy, the compassion, the the ability to deal with complexity and nuance. Uh, they're not on in the aggregate as inclined to try to uh, exhibit overconfidence. Um, because of all of that, again, they get passed over, um, more incompetent men get promoted, and the problem perpetuates itself. So is the answer for women to try to act more like incompetent men, try to you know, beat their chest more, um, bluster uh, more, uh, overconfidence, overassertion? Um, is all of that what women need to do to be able to get a leg up and to be able to move into more leadership positions in the workplace? The answer is absolutely not. We don't need more of that. What we need are for men and women uh, who are in executive leadership roles to recognize the problem, to recognize the bias, to recognize the systemic issues at play that disproportionately negatively impact women in the workplace. Now, layer on top of that, uh, if you're a woman of color, for example, or layer on top of that other, um, disadvantaged groups. Uh, maybe you're, you're a little bit older, maybe, uh, your sexual orientation, um, is something that, uh, people question, uh, you know, there's just so many th- different things. You start to layer all of these different, um, characteristics on top of each other and people become more and more disadvantaged and it can be really, really hard for them to just get an equal opportunity. Most organizations say that they're equal opportunity. Most organizations say that they want diversity, equity, and inclusion. I don't think many people, there are some, but many people, uh, most people, will say all of those values are important. They'll say that they're working towards it. But are we doing enough? Are we really moving the needle? And if, if we're only uh, doing surface-level uh, Band-Aid approaches to these big systemic problems... We're we're not going to see very much movement, but we can, we should do better, uh, and we need to really focus on it. get people around the table and talk about the systemic issues, talk about possible solutions, get buy-in, and start to move the needle. This is the
1: fundamental paradox in which women are trapped. The solution to improving the quality of our leaders is not to make it easier for incompetent women to become leaders, but to make it harder for incompetent men so that we actually reward people for the potential and talent they have as opposed to teaching them to emulate some pseudo-Machiavellian manipulative strategies that won't elevate the quality of leadership.
0: I love that. The solution isn't to start hiring more incompetent women to level up with the number of incompetent men that move into roles of leadership. It's to start actually assessing leadership capabilities, start to recognize what is actually important and then promote based on that, promote fewer incompetent men. And by virtue of that, you're going to see the capabilities of all these amazing women in your organization or from outside who are applying to come into the organization, and things can start to even out. Now, does that mean we can't hire men into leadership positions? Of course not. I'm not, you know, some people might accuse me of, of reverse discrimination because now we're saying men, we need to just hire women to, to equal the number what we're talking about is just focus on capabilities for crying out loud. Stop focusing on gendered norms. Stop focusing on all these pre- preconceived notions. Stop focusing on, um, tradition and, and the traditional, uh, thinking around what makes quote unquote, a good leader. Most of that's garbage, uh, and it's just tradition and it doesn't actually mean anything for the way organizations work and run and just start to focus on capabilities, start to focus on competencies, don't allow yourself to be snowed by uh, all of the, the bluster and the overconfidence that people exhibit. Whether it's a man or a woman, a white person, a black person, uh, straight uh, or, or LGBT, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like, Let's hire good people who are competent. And if we start to break down the, the systems that have held these disadvantaged groups down for so long, then over time, uh, we really can make a huge difference.
1: If you're a manager and you want to uh, combat this problem, there are some simple basic rules that everybody can apply. Fundamentally, you need to have the humility to distrust your instincts develop an individual direct connection with others, pay attention to what they're doing, uh, use others as a validation point to evaluate people's performance, and use data, assessments, evidence to make decisions as opposed to just follow your gut feeling. So if anything, I'm proactively asking people to discriminate more against incompetent men
0: who want to be leaders develop the humility to distrust your instincts. We have so many implicit biases running through our brain. We're not even aware of what's guiding our decision-making. Now, does that mean that we can't ever go with our gut? Well, No, but seek validating information and inputs. Talk to other people about how they perceive uh, different individuals that perhaps you're considering for a promotion. Seek uh, data, look, you know, assess capabilities and competencies. Don't just go off of your gut, because if you're only going off your gut without these other validating types of experiences, you will make poor choices. You will make, you will make poor decisions and your implicit biases will influence the decisions that you make. Get to know your people, seek true understanding of who they are, what they're capable of. Seek appropriate data and metrics to better understand performance, and so you can see through uh, the facade that some people will put up, and then lean on other experts and other individuals who you trust, who who can help you have a good sense of that person and if they truly have the capabilities to be able to pr- perform well in the job. That's what we need to be able to do as organizational leaders. A big part of leadership is. Helping to develop others, helping to see the potential in others, and then helping to them to see it in themselves, and then helping them to develop and work towards achieving it and, and maximizing and fulfilling their their full potential. The other part of being a really good leader is to be able to recognize good capabilities in other people and surrounding yourself with great people and and really putting together an excellent team. And honestly, I, I see so many organizations. Where leaders are just so crummy, and it's so obvious because of the quality of the hires that they make, the quality of the promotions that they make. I don't need to look much further than to look at the quality of their team and the quality of the promotion decisions that they've made to recognize how they approach their own leadership because if if they're consistently making those kinds of bad choices and in promoting incompetent people, whoever those incompetent people are, but particularly incompetent men, uh, to the disadvantage, further disadvantage of other uh, disadvantaged groups, then there's a huge problem. So exercise a little bit of intellectual humility. Recognize that you can't magically discern who's going to be the best for a position. That's nonsense. Seek data. Seek uh, seek other information that can help to validate your perception. And sometimes it'll invalidate your perception, and, and you'll be glad you... You sought out other inputs. I think this is such an important issue. Not only do I not like working with incompetent people, uh, that's that's hard enough. But working with incompetent people who think they're amazing, that's the worst. And when you start to get a whole group of people together who all think that they're awesome and they're really just uh, incompetent and they don't have a lot of integrity and they throw their people under the bus and they have a lot of personal insecurities and and they don't uh, they don't want to work closely with other good people because they're worried about being found out. You know that's that's just a sickness in organizations. It's so dysfunctional and it it truly is if if allowed to fester it can destroy cultures and it can sh- destroy organizations. So let's stop hiring incompetent people. Uh, particularly let's focus on some gender parity and stop hiring incompetent men promote people who are actually good at what you need them to be able to do. And I think if we focus that way, inevitably, we're going to see more women move into leadership roles and organizations and we can start to solve some of this problem. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. As always, I hope you stay healthy and safe. that You can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you have a great week. with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.